0: Welcome to Freeman on Real Estate, the podcast about the hard facts behind what's going on in real estate. Realtor Mike Freeman of Coldwell Banker, who holds an MBA in finance, draws from his financial background and deep network to bring the most value for anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Freeman on Real Estate. This is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network, and we thank you for joining us again. With me in studio, per usual, is Realtor Mike Freeman. Mike, How's it going? Great, Dave. How are you? Great. Great to see you back in studio. And we've been, I don't know if we've been specifically promising our listeners, you and I have talked about it, that you would begin to bring some guests on the show, whether they be friends of Mike or members of the professional community or perhaps both today.
1: So... I understand you have someone here. Yeah, you're right. I've been, <laughs> I've been threatening for a while, at least right. flying with you, to have a guest. And, and people who listen to this podcast are probably tired of listening to just me. So I think it's good timing. <laughs> so I want to introduce Rich Roseman. Rich and I have known each other for a long time. And he works for Guaranteed Rate Affinity. I'll let him talk a lot more about himself as we get into the questions. But I just want to introduce Rich. And uh, I'm really glad to have you here.
2: Thanks, Mike. I'm glad to be here as well.
1: Awesome. So I'm thinking about the market, thinking about what's going on right now. And, and you and I are in the same business. I'm, on, I'm looking more at houses, you're looking more at interest rates, but we work a lot together. And right now we're working on a deal. And I like referring business to you. And one of the main reasons is I know you're going to take care of my customers. I know that when I refer someone to you that they're going to be in good hands and I know that you're always working on new and creative ways of taking care of people. And so I wanted to start by asking you what are some things that you're working on right now that might be a little different than how the average loan officer is working with people?
2: Yeah, well, that's a very good question, Mike. And thank you so much for uh, referring business to me. That's a huge endorsement from a top agent like yourself. With what's going on in the market today and what I'm doing to help customers, buyers is quite a complex situation but we're trying to simplify it as best we can. Ideally, we would love to take buyers' information, analyze it in depth, do a deep dive and figure out how can we best help them. And We have a variety of tools that allow us to do that. But well, One that stands out the most is in this challenging housing market is really focusing on helping buyers get their offers accepted. We want to put them in the best situation possible to do that and a tool that stands out we refer to as our power bid. This is a fully underwritten pre-commitment that we complete. Often you'll hear that you'll get a pre-approval done, which is great. We do that first, but we're going to take it one step further and submit it to underwriting. And within five to 12 business days, depending upon the underwriter's volume level, they'll have a fully underwritten pre-commitment that they can use, you can use, when you submit your buyer's offer. And Why does that stand out so much? Well, essentially, it gives the buyer a huge competitive advantage. It allows them to be super appealing to the seller and their list agent, allows them to close super fast, and eliminates any of the concerns that you as their agent, the buyer, the list agent, or the seller might have in their financing falling apart because it's gotten the underwriter's stamp of approval.
1: That's great. And so in that particular instance, With that power bid, really all that remains at that point is what the appraisal and what other what, what other work remains to be done at that point if the person's offer is accepted after power bid.
2: Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. So essentially, you've completed the file with only a couple items remaining because there's no particular property in mind yet. So what remains is an appraisal if one is still needed because often we can get an appraisal waiver approved for a particular file if their eligibility exists. And second, the closing attorney has to complete the title work. So those two things are the only remaining items after the power bid pre-commitment's been done.
1: That's, that's great. And another thing to mention is Rich and I also have certain attorneys that we've worked with in the past that we both know, and that's also very helpful because we know when they do not only the work that you just described, but all of the legal work, whether it's p people we've worked with in the past and we're comfortable with, just like I'm comfortable referring work to you.
2: So true, so true. Yeah, very attentive professionals that can be relied on all the time.
1: Definitely. So another thing that I think about with today's market is what I like to call the double whammy. So you first of all have very low inventory. And for a while now that's been the case. And it keeps getting lower and lower. And now you combine that with the fact that interest rates have gone up significantly over the last year to year and a half, which isn't great for any of us. So buyers are getting hit by both of these things and so is that how do you deal
2: with that you must be seeing that that same thing so how do you deal with that every day uh, it's it's a struggle but we find solutions i mean we are problem solvers and interestingly enough earlier this week we were sitting around myself i was sitting around with a group of top agents like yourself, all addressing the low inventory issues that existed in Boston and the surrounding areas, and it's certainly at the lowest level it has been historically. And on top of that, any home that does get listed properly turns over quickly as well, so it makes it look like the inventory is even lower. But when it comes to the interest rates, that's top of mind for a lot of buyers, of course, and a lot of them struggle with that. They step out onto the sidelines waiting for them to drop, which is likely to happen in the in the future, but it's going to continue this way for a short while still. So we work with buyers to try to show them a couple things. One, we have a tool that we can sit down with them to use that will show cost of waiting to buy, especially if they're a renter. And it always financially benefits a renter to buy a home versus continue renting. And this report is given to you to sit down and show with your buyers as well. Secondly, when they are actively looking, we, again, can use that power bid that we use to give them that competitive edge to get their offer accepted so they're not constantly losing out on deals. But on top of that, to offset and counter the interest rates, we have two real programs that stand out. One focuses on AMI, which is Area Median Income, and if somebody is eligible with that program, they can often get an interest rate that's about a half a point lower than a standard conventional loan program through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Secondly, which is uh, another good tool, is our temporary two-for-one buy-down program. This stands out because you can give a eligible buyer a low teaser rate for the first two years of their mortgage. For example, year one, their interest rate could be two points lower than a traditional rate, and then in year Two would be one point lower. The nice thing about this is it eases the buyer into their mortgage payments so they remain very comfortable. And then at some point down the road, they can refinance because there's no restrictions. And as analysts have been forecasting, some of the top analysts such as NAR and Fannie Mae and Goldman Sachs, they're all expecting rates to drop one to two points into the next 12 to 24 months. So with that being said, if they use this temporary buy-down program, it's very possible they'll be able to maintain that low rate and low payment by refinancing down the road as well.
1: Makes sense. I, I think, like, you made really, a few really good points. The one that really stands out to me is that buyers can ease into these higher rates, and they don't have to deal with the situation necessarily where all of a sudden they're paying seven and a half or eight percent. And what I always tell people is that life happens. And if you're in the market to buy a house, you're probably still in the market to buy a house, even though interest rates go up, even though inventory is low. It's um, very rare that someone's going to say, okay, well, I'm done. I'm frustrated. I'm out of the market. You could, you could have somebody continue to live in their parents' basement, or you could have somebody continue to rent. But usually, life happens. And if it was the, if it's the right time for you to buy, then it's the right time for you to buy. And I, I agree with you. There's, there's always going to be things you can do in the future. And with this temporary buy-down program with Rich, there's something you can do now.
2: Uh, very, very right. In fact, we'll sit down with every buyer and do a preliminary review of their situation and analyze everything to the last detail because we don't want surprises to come up and we want to be able to address their actual issues and concerns they're facing. And what stage of life they might be at, and we can find a way to get them to that new home without them worrying because we're looking at an unprecedented time right now when it comes to inventory, and that's good on one hand because the demand is far outweighing supply. So we're going to continue to see significant equity growth. So if someone buys a home today, you know, the old adage holds true, marry the home, date the rate. Eventually, you're going to be able to refinance down the road, like the analysts have been pointing out. But in the meantime, you're going to be able to benefit from the significant equity growth.
1: I'm glad you brought up that phrase because I actually just thinking about that a few minutes ago. Marry the home, date the rate. And, and that's, that's a great phrase because you're when you find your forever home, it's, or even if it's your intermediate level home, you're going to be in it for a long time. It's very unlikely you're going to be in, in a house for a year or two. But your interest rate and your mortgage, there's a pretty good chance that within a couple of years, three years, even if we're not necessarily seeing what we saw a few years ago, you're probably going to refinance. You're going to have a lot of mortgages most likely while you have that one property. Yeah,
2: yeah. Interesting statistic, if I can share, is that the average person ends up having about seven to eight transactions in their lifetime when it comes to purchasing homes. Your first home, vacation home, investment property, upsizing, downsizing, they all take place.
1: I think I'm already at six, so I have a, I have a problem. I might have to stay in one place going forward for a while. Okay, so another another thought I had, not necessarily related to what I do every day, but related to what you do every day, is thinking about refis. So obviously we were talking before about the direction of interest rates, and for the last 10, 20 years, interest rates just kept going lower and lower and lower and people constantly refinancing. And so previously that was probably a huge part of your business. And so my question now is, has that completely dried up and gone away or do you still find people who are refinancing because there are other types of debt out there that they need to do something about?
2: Yeah. Good point again, Mike. So what's going on right now is a battle that the feds are facing and trying to control inflation and inflation is directly corresponding or correlating with long-term mortgage rates. So as inflation rises or drops, so do the long-term mortgage rates. And the Fed's primary tool is to increase prime to try to slow the economy down. And as a result, that has been boosting the costs of borrowing for all sorts of products. Credit cards, car loans, equity lines, student loans, personal loans they are all through the roof. We have just reached an unprecedented number in the history of the U.S. where credit card debt has exceeded $1 trillion now. So as you can imagine, people are in a position where they need to lower their debt. So we're seeing a recent increase in people utilizing the equity in their homes to do a cash out refinance, but more so jumping into a home equity line of credit. And that is saving people a tremendous amount of money, hundreds or even thousands of dollars per month by doing that because they're paying anywhere from 25 to 32 percent interest on a credit card right now. And when you compare that to mortgage rates or equity line rates, those are still fractionally lower. So it makes sense for them to try to do that. And, And then helps them be in a better position down the road for when they are ready to make that next move into a new home.
1: Makes sense. So since I have about a billion in credit card debt, you're telling me it's only 0.1%. I feel pretty good about my billion right now. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, uh, you actually previewed some of the questions and I'm glad you did. You previewed a couple of things we're going to talk about in the next episode. And I don't want to go into too much too much depth on those but i think that's a really good initial conversation about mortgages and interest rates and i think it gives people a really good taste for what you do and some of the innovative ways that that you help customers and why you and i like working together
2: same yeah i agree yeah there's there's never enough times that we can work together
0: <laughs> i agree <laughs> Well, uh, if you may, let me interrupt the Mutual Love Society, here, which, is, which is really great, actually. Uh, before we continue, Rich, if you wouldn't mind letting our listeners know what's the best way to get in touch with you.
2: Well, I, I do have an email address at Guaranteed Rate Affinity. We can try that, which is richard.roseman at com. I don't mind people texting or calling me on my cell phone directly either. So we can try that at 781-910-8280. And I do have a website as well. They can go and search Guaranteed Rate Affinity or just type in GRA grarate.com and then use my name, Richard Roseman, and they'll easily find me as well.
0: Very cool. We now have time for a special edition of More About Mike.
2: More About Mike. More About Mike. More About Mike.
0: So it's special because not only do we find out more about Mike today, but we also find out more about Rich's guest. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And so the, (laughs) the, the question is, I'll read the question first, and then I have a little audio clip to demonstrate this. The question is, what would you say to your pet or what would you ask your pet if you could? This presumes that your pet will understand what you are saying and your, your pet understands English and perhaps can, um, can respond to you. But I, I happen to have a, a clip from a Louis C.K. comedy bit that maybe illustrates this uh, better than I can. So let's take a quick listen. I have a dog. I love my dog, but I don't know my dog. We've never had a conversation, not one time. I have no idea what she's thinking. I really wish I did. I wish I knew what she was thinking. It's my biggest wish maybe in life is that I knew because I know she has thoughts. I know she does. There's no way she's just like, dog. (laughs) You ever watch your dog make a decision? You ever watch your dog just walk in the room and look around like... Yeah, I'm going to go over here. (laughs) So So there's the eternal question. So... Mike, why don't you
1: go first? What would you ask your, your sure. dog if you could? So it's really funny that he, what he said at the very end, because I was actually thinking that. So earlier this year, my dog had this habit, so I, I moved, and so it was brand new to both of us where he was going to, quote-unquote, go. So mm. we decided I was going to take him to this area of the woods, and it wouldn't be in the yard. So inevitably, I would take him there. We'd walk over to the woods. He wouldn't go. And we got no more than, you know, five feet away from the woods, right on the lawn, and he decided to go right there. <laughs> and so I would look at him, and I would say, what is your problem? Why did you do that? And he'd look at me, and I would like to hear his answer. Yeah,
0: and he's looking at you as if he has something to say, but... Of course, yeah. he, he doesn't speak because he's talking That—that's what's the crazy thing. Yeah, I—I I, my my girlfriend's uh, dog Kobe. I walk him sometimes, and sometimes in the middle of the walk, he'll just stop and look at me, and I'm like, "Come on, Kobe." And he's just—he—he he doesn't say it, but he's saying to me, "No, I'm not walking anymore. Pick me up." Yeah, they, <laughs> and, but and I have no idea why. No idea why. They know they can control us without speech, <laughs> right? It's crazy, Rich. You, you're a dog guy, correct? I
2: am, I am. Okay, so what would you ask your dog if you could communicate? You know, I, I kind of got two questions that stand out, but first, one that's similarly related to Mike's is, and I'm going to be exposing myself here, I might get myself in trouble. <laughs> I'll, I'll give my dog some scraps here and there, some steak, some chicken. he sure sure. loves vegetables here and now, then. Mm. Good stuff. We cook it, we eat it too. But when I take the dog out sometimes, he'll find a pile of poop. It can be any animal, even his own, and he'll eat it. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm disgusted. I can't yeah, figure out why you're doing that. Please tell me. Uh, would you rather that than the scraps we're giving you off the dining room table here? So that's a mystery to me. <laughs> that's what you might ask him, right? <laughs> yeah, why, never, why Why poop? Yeah. He's never told you why he likes
1: poop over <laughs> steak. No, no, exactly. I'll tell you why I like steak over poop. <laughs> that's, that's easy.
2: The, the, the most Puzzling thing is he'll eat his food, go out, poop, and then he'll eat it again. And like, isn't it just kind of, like, recirculating now? I mean. Yeah, what's the point?
0: Yeah, not only that, but it's just we expect them. I mean, they really look, I think the reason why it's stating the obvious here. the reason we like cats and dogs is they're the closest thing to stuffed animals come to life. They're lovable stuffed animals come to life. It's like the movie Ted, you know, right. when, when, when the teddy Best bear movie. comes to life. And, of course, he talks, our, our pets don't. But we expect them to be lovable in every way. And so then when they eat eat poop,
1: it's like, what are you? <laughs> that and is then, so And then they want to lick your face. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> No. And then the people who let the dog lick their face after the poop. Like, that's a special group of people. Yeah. You have to. You have to I think maybe we, we don't all love our dogs that
0: much. No. no not that much. We come to the close of this episode, but a terrific one. And Mike, I think your guest did fantastic.
1: He really, oh, absolutely. Yeah, thank Thank you, you, Rich.
2: Thanks thanks to you guys. You made it easy.
0: A plus, Rich. It just sets the bar very high for the next episode. And uh, Mike, if you don't mind, remind our listeners where they can find out more
1: about you and your real estate practice. Sure. So by email, mike.freeman at anymoves.com. You can reach me by cell, 617-759-1513. And you can also check out my website, mikefreemanhomes.com.
0: Freeman on Real Estate is a podcast that comes out every other week. You can find it on all your major podcast platforms. We encourage you to follow or subscribe wherever you find your pods. And thank you for listening to Freeman on Real Estate.